of the Deployed podcast and this time for Engineering Insights we're talking about hybrid versus native mobile development. I've got two fantastic guests with me this time. We've got the wonderful Leone who's a digital consultant uh, and Joe who's a UI capability lead. So the point of uh, these set of podcasts is to draw on the experience from our consultants across BGSS to get some real world insights into some of the technology hype and give you a little bit of background on our experience and things that have worked for us. So Joe, just to kind of kick off, maybe you might want to just give us a quick overview of what we mean by hybrid and native mobile development. Sure. So um, your native mobile development is um, writing in the native languages of the device that you're going to be running your app on. So a Java application for um, Android, for example, um, while as a hybrid application is using another language, typically JavaScript, but not always, um, to write something that will then be compiled down to the different applications for the different devices. So write it once, deploy it many times. So would we class um, something that was written in C uh, or something like that? Would we class that as native as well? I guess we would, wouldn't we, um, in, in, that, in that kind of situation? Yeah, so, and, and so to expand it beyond uh, mobile apps, anything, your, your sort of traditional WPF or Windows Forms things, I guess, will be a, a native application. Makes sense. So obviously, there's, uh, there's a few themes that have emerged uh, while we've been looking at these two topics. Um, this is the sort of core engineering, what's good, what's bad, what people tend to like developing with. But then there's also the sort of feedback that we get from customers, the user experience, the sort of rapid prototyping. Leonie, do you want to tell us a little bit about the sort of experiences that you've had in the user experience world? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked on several apps, um, just come off quite a big project with a web-based app rather than um, a bespoke app, which has been quite interesting. And then I've worked for some, you know, large retailers and some government bodies producing all sorts of apps, you know, from retail shopping apps to um, apps that are very bespoke for a specific job that somebody's somebody's doing within a, a government department. I, I think the key thing that sort of when I've spoken with my colleagues is, is really around um, familiarity. And that's a big issue from a usability point of view. So even things like the, the back button on Android phones, um, you know, being actually not within the um, screen, but actually on the phone versus um, being on uh, um, an, an iPhone and, and actually sort of navigating backwards. And if you hybrids often can can make that quite a tricky experience for people and it doesn't it's not as natural either way. So actually, from a user point of view, it's not as good an experience. And, you know, we've witnessed um, quite a lot of people struggling to navigate because they expect the functionality to be where they always expect it to be and it isn't. So that's just one example. Um, yeah. I think the other things are things like phone functionality and what you can do with it. So the benefits of camera, the benefits of geolocation, and you know, and I know you can do all those that you can do those, some of those things if you're not using native. But actually, again, they all seem to function more smoothly. And you know, if a user doesn't say anything bad about something then it's worked well if we're doing usability testing and you see you know people struggling with something you know that it's not it's not working brilliantly yeah i mean you touched on the phone functionality there i've heard a lot of not complaints but um when you've been having to use a, a plug-in for something which you know bridges that gap to the native functionality you know not having one that's in support because it's open source and the maintainers disappears or you've got you know a, a reliance on on the team that you need to then 
actually build something which is a piece of code wrapper to enable you to do it which yeah. you know if you weren't doing that <laughs> if you're going straight to native it might have been a little bit easier so i guess it does depend on what your app functionality is but you mentioned a number of sectors there do you think there's different demands in each sector or or is that or is it something that we see common across all our projects well it's really interesting actually because since we've you know been in in covid-19 um sort of digital transformation era era for companies because um there are some companies that some retailers that actually you know didn't have web platforms um didn't have any online shopping and um some of them are just jumping straight to using things like instagram for example you know because there's shopping functionality on that and there is on tiktok as well so the speed at which i can do i can use a product that's already out there so everybody's got that app everybody's you know that's been really interesting but then there is also uh, uh, worked with um, quite a large, re- a very large retailer, um, and they didn't have an app. And people were really always complaining that they didn't have an app because everybody else has. Um, and then there are things like loyalty. So from a retail point of view, um, a loyalty card. So having um, a scannable card. Uh, and one retailer I worked with, they wanted to absolutely have that because it's a really big part of their their business and their sort of um, marketing and USP, etc. But they have so many stores, the cost of introducing the technology in store to, to read the barcode scanner, um, well, the QR code, um, you know, was a really massive investment. And so that didn't come. But from a user point of view, from a customer delight point of view, it's like, well, everybody, you know, so-and-so's got it and this other store's got it, etc. So it was a real frustration for people because there becomes a level of expectation. Um, you know, if you get pioneers and then people follow, and then other people feel, from a user point of view, like they've been left behind. So just talking about um, some of the experiences that you've had there, we're not really just talking about mobile apps, are we? We're talking about mobile experiences and whether that's interaction with the shop or even on new sales channels like Instagram as a sales channel for mm-hmm. a retailer is, you know, a pretty new concept. Um, there's a lot of Chinese organizations that are much further ahead in where they are today. Uh, engaging with that and doing that sort of impulse buy purchase directly from those platforms um but yeah so in fact what you're saying is it's not just about mobile apps either it's about the whole mobile experience yeah i'd say it's interesting you mentioned uh, instagram as one of the uh, the key drivers because that is actually a um, hybrid app for the most part so just show it's it's sort of dependent on the use case it's it's possible to make use of these hybrid apps on quite a large scale so, Joe, just from the sort of engineering insights um, work that you've collected, uh, what what were the sort of current, what were the themes that the engineers came out with um, from their perspective? So, the the key message that came out um, first was to question why are you building an app in the first place? Um, which always a good question. <laughs> yeah, which which links back to this wider mobile experience of. Um, writing apps be they native or hybrid is generally speaking from a dev point of view harder work than writing a web page for example and a lot of cases where people are asking for an app the correct question is do you actually need an app or could you provide the same user experience or similar user experience through through a web application because the reason why it's sorry is the reason why it's harder because um what different skills that are required or slower to prototype or um um, so yeah, there's a number of things that came up. Um, one is the required skill set, um, which leans into the hybrid app side of things as well. I think 
as an industry, there are far more web developers knocking around the place than there are dedicated um, iOS or Android developers. Um, so that's one side of it. Um, there's also uh, interacting with things like the App Store and making sure that your app gets through to the App Store. There's actually having the devices to, to run and test on. Um, yeah. If you've got pretty much any laptop, you can write a web app. Um, while it's, you might start to need specialist kit for the uh, for the mobile apps. Yeah, I know that we use the sort of device farm and, and other things like that for testing. But again, it's there is additional complexity there and cost as well, I guess. Um, and you mentioned there about pushing to the app store. People seem to forget that's not just a one-time thing either. There's um, there's the whole management and uh, supportability on the back of it. You know, new versions of iOS and Android that, that crop up. Um, I guess we do have that in the web-based world, but it's not quite as extreme. And you know, there's not huge new APIs and functionality that, that crops up. In a sense, I suppose the web world as well, um, because as a, an industry, we have to support various creaky aging browsers. Um, it means that there's a lot of focus on backwards compatibility and making sure that things will run on, on different devices and, and all this kind of thing, which while it's when you're talking about a, a native mobile experience, then people tend to be more focused on the, the latest shiny gadget side of things. Yeah. Um, and s certain mobile providers have been uh, quite notorious for sort of dropping support for their older models quite quickly. Can I come in on that as well? Because actually I, I, I did some work for um, a major retailer in the US and their app was native, but they actually felt so strongly about um, their relationship with both Google Play and the App Store and, and their product sort of being surfaced there and actually getting involved in in some pilots with both with them, particularly the App Store at that point. So um, they for them, they actually had two product owners, they ran they ran the products. Although there was parity around product feature, actually the way they, they developed them was was really trying to hone in on um, going through your um, approval process with the app store and then actually sort of getting really great ratings etc was really important to them it's so important that they you know they have two sort of teams working sort of separately together kind of thing um you know apple are and google are doing things all the time themselves and actually they want people to work with so you know that was sort of a, a noted sort of direction for this large retailer I guess one of the hot topics at the moment is obviously COVID tracing, the fact that they've just unleashed um, the new API, which allows you to uh, run Bluetooth discovery in the background. Um, I guess you could you could use that, you could have a hybrid app that enabled that, but it could also be a native app. Um, more, a few more questions for me, just sort of on that long-term supportability um, and device support. Obviously there's, there's a whole range of Android devices now from lower versions which are still out in the fields i mean we've got some customers that are in uh, africa for example would we would we have a dif different approach or do we have a different approach uh, on sort of supporting those uh, older devices and those older markets um, i don't know if that's come through in any of the feedback or not um countries where they're working really specifically with mobile phones because that's the main computer access that that people have you know, notifications, for example, are something that people can turn on and off, whereas actually if you use text messaging as a form of communication, um, you know, text messages arrive and, and you don't you don't not get them. So um, developing countries are possibly not 
using apps as much as developed countries, definitely. Yeah, we have got one project example actually where we um we we don't have an app at the moment. We you know use SMS exactly like you say, and we use SMS for payments as well because um, they're used to operating in that way, and it means they don't have to have a smartphone as such. They can have a you know a slightly older device, which obviously comes back to your point earlier about is it the right thing for the users and the user base, and is it about that mobile experience, which isn't necessarily an app. I guess that ties into your, yours as well, Joe. You know, when an engineer says. Why are we building an app? Why is it not a website? Why is it not a progressive web app? Um, so just touch on uh, speed of development. Um, is, there anything, is there anything that differentiates the two um, from an A-B testing perspective, from a deployability perspective? What, which is faster and, and which, which do we generally prefer? So we're, we're talking between native and uh, hybrid apps here, Mo moving yeah. past the, the whole web app. Once we've, we've established we want an app, apps are good, Let's move forward. Yeah. Um, so within that context, um, the the general feedback was in terms of time to market and in terms of development speed, um, your uh, hybrid apps probably have the edge, um, unless they hit issues with the app store, which is which is a separate conversation, I guess. But in terms of just pure writing the code, your hybrid apps are probably quicker because you are writing it once rather than multiple times, and it's using the sort of web technologies as well, which are better suited for um, refreshing your app as you're developing it and, and all that kind of thing. I think um, it was a real-time sort of development, see the changes, yeah. you can test it potentially even in a browser and that kind of stuff. So I guess if you're used to working with those tooling, you can get that quicker, faster feedback. What, what about testing? I mean, does that, does that extend to testing as well or is, or is that a different kettle of fish? Um, I think... I'm trying to think of any specific feedback we had around the testing. Um, the, there's probably a level of parity between the two. Um, I guess from your from your native app, you have to test everything twice. From your hybrid app, you probably should test everything twice, whether you, <laughs> even if you're only writing it once, um, because you're going to come across issues. Um, and that sort of leads into the counter-argument against hybrid apps which is that while on paper it looks quicker um, and you're writing everything once and that makes sense uh, the practicalities of it day to day is that people find them far more buggy um, and they're working through sort of uh, open source and third-party applications to integrate with the device um, and it leads to it leads to more emergent issues as you're going along which are obviously difficult to sort of quantify as you as you're planning out your application yeah, that write once, um, run everywhere <laughs> concept yeah. never really materialized, did it? I think it's, it's, from a user a, experience perspective or an engineering perspective. It's a great idea in theory. I'm speaking as a sort of web developer. If I could write everything in HTML and JavaScript, I'd be a very happy person. But um, the reality is it's, it's not always uh, like that. And if you combine that with the sort of the, the fuzzier focus on the um, device-specific user interface, uh, or user experience, um, then the, the sort of the argument starts to turn the other way, I guess. Um, and, and people are saying, yes, we would use native uh, hybrid apps uh, to churn something out quickly. But when it comes to scaling that out and looking at longer term uh, maintainability, then the uh, dedicated native apps start start to edge out in that regard. I think something that's interesting. I mean, 
I'm not a tech, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a technical person by any means. Um, but what I think something else that's interesting is, is how apps deciding on having them or not, and actually what you use them for, but quite often they are used almost initially as link factories, I would call them, you know, going off to web platforms. So um, even if you look at banking apps, you know, they may have evolved with just very specific functionality to begin with. And, and then everything else would be linking off to a banking uh, web platform. Have you, have you done anything on like measuring the actual business value or, or you know, mapping these things back to, to, to the customer's requirements? Well, yeah, and I think that's part of it. I mean, um, I worked on a, um, a health a health product, a health app um, that was also linked with, you know, websites. Um, and the reason that the app was, the app was more around, um, well, it's not all around personalization. A lot of it's around um, um, sort of elements of personalization. So, um, but but the idea is to get it to a sort of totally product and things like that you may want to do like pill reminders and things like that you know that sort of functionality having your phone in your pocket and doing it on the days that you you know where you're traveling and etc it's the ease of it and and actually if if the functionality is actually on the phone rather than needing to go off to um onto the web then you can do it without needing internet access so there's some of that that's really important about apps um but then on the other hand you know, for, for other for other situations, actually having access to the internet the whole time um, gives more people access to the products because if you don't have a phone that you can't, you can download the app on because you've not got enough space or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think you've always got to be thinking about as a, as a business, um, what it is you're trying to do, who you're trying to do it for, and, and therefore what would the right answer be? Joe, I'm just going to throw in a bit of a, a curveball question. So we've spoken about <laughs> native and hybrid. Um, what about the ones that kind of sit in the middle? So, you know, we've got um, uh, React Native as an example or Xamarin. Um, where, where, where do they live? What was our opinions on those? So they sit squarely in the hybrid category, really, I think, uh, even though they sort of compiled that into something uh, native. From a developer experience, they are definitely in that camp of hybrid now there, there are pros and cons of using any given sort of hybrid framework um some are better than others uh, or some are more appropriate to certain tasks than others um so for example react native um on the positive side you're using react which is really common um framework for developers to use you can get some reuse in in the way that you put to your uh, hybrid app together with what you might use on your website um but anecdotally the uh the feedback we get from developers using it is that it also breaks from one version to another and you spend a lot of time doing sort of remedial work to to make sure that it's working with the latest version of a library or operating system so they i think they they have the same category of advantages disadvantages that any kind of um, hybrid approach would take i guess using the actual ides from the um from Apple or, or Android Studio, you know, Xcode, Android Studio, probably has all its advantages because as soon as they update iOS or Android, you've got all the latest tooling to support it. If you're using Xamarin or another third-party library, yeah, that's why we're kind of putting it into that hybrid bucket because we're at the mercy I mean, of the, the third-party. You would hope that the likes of Facebook and Microsoft providing these things were, were pretty on top <laughs> of it, but it still is one more sort of bucket in the chain of, of changes that need to happen before you've got a, a working application. Yeah. 
So yeah, no dependencies. That sounds like a good project. <laughs> uh, so right, before we close out, um, I've got to ask you both for your own opinion. Um, if you were starting off a project uh, right now uh, under ideal circumstances, um, which is you know a, a relatively small sized app, let's say 12 weeks development um, for a sector that you're familiar with, um, what, what's the right answer? Uh, Leonie, what, what, what's your verdict? Wow. Um... Commercially, you'd probably say a hybrid, but depending on what it was, I would still probably say native. It's interesting. Uh, I didn't think you were going to go that way, actually. <laughs> <laughs> which which kind of leads me to the point is it kind of always depends. So I didn't really give you enough parameters there to, to make a informed decision, I think. So um, I guess yeah. if it was something that you had to prototype quickly, um, would you would you favour the favour the hybrid or or would you still favour the um, the native well, user experience? I guess a hybrid would you could you you could do you could if you use hybrid and then you test with users and you see where users struggle, it would probably give you a better indication of whether you might need to be native. Uh, I think for the I like that. Like it's always test early, see what it looks like, <laughs> see whether the user, it, the user experience is a problem yeah. and then fix it by writing it natively. Yeah. You know, I think the best experience will be native, probably always, um, having seen experience both in, in the work that I do and speaking to my colleagues from a user experience point of view and a service design point of view, etc. But, um, you know, pragmatically, then, yeah, absolutely. If Depending on what that product is, you may well get a good indication of uh, whether you could you could do hybrid um, or not. Yeah. So Joe, guess what's coming? <laughs> what's your what's your personal opinion? I would write a progressive web app. Um, <laughs> <laughs> personally, uh, that said, I think it depends what you're targeting. Um, yeah. Actually, if you are doing an early prototype type thing, then just target one device and write it natively would be a be an approach. It's, it's only if you're targeting multiple devices to start with that you might want to consider hybrid. That's a really interesting point because when we do do usability testing, I mean, sometimes we try and have both both phones if you're testing with people, but sometimes you don't always have that. And so you get people on um, a product that they're not used to, a phone that they're not used to. But actually, if you design the design well, they should be able to use it. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think my opinion, just to kind of close off, is um, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always on the fence on these things. Um, but if it was a small um, project, maybe that didn't have many engineers on, um, you'd look at the skills of the engineers, you'd look at the in-house skills of the, the target customer as well. Um, and it depends what the app does. If it's a nice little list app, you know, something like React Native is probably a good use case. If you've got some whizzy animations and things in there where you're going to be crossing over that, native hybrid bridge um, on an on a unpredictable fashion, it's probably going to cause you some performance issues and you're probably not going to get the benefits of that uh, hybrid approach. So, um, yeah, I guess it depends is yet again the answer. But thank you both very much for your uh, insights. Uh, it's been, been good fun. Uh, and we'd like to know what your thoughts are as well. So please leave us some comments. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.